Hi, my name is Caroline Gonzalez Vega, and I'm a PhD student in Dr. Stein's lab. And today, I have the pleasure to talk about the effect of fiber and fat on calculate values for standardized total tract digestibility of calcium in fish meal. This is the outline of the presentation. First, I will start with a short introduction, and then I will explain the two experiments that we conducted, followed by the conclusions and implications. All commercial diets contain plant ingredients, and plant ingredients contain phytate. Therefore, when we supplement diets with calcium, some of this calcium is bound to phytate, reducing the availability of calcium to be absorbed. But if we add phytase in the diet, the digestibility of calcium increases because phytase hydrolyzes the molecule of phytate, releasing phosphorus, and also reducing the chance of phytate to bind calcium. Therefore, the digestibility of calcium and phosphorus increases if phytase is used. On the other hand, semi-synthetic diets are used in digestibility studies. But these diets do not contain phytate if cornstarch and casein are used. Therefore, calcium phytate complexes are not formed. So, if we add phytase in this diet, phytase may not affect the digestibility of calcium. And so far, we know that calcium from inorganic sources may be bound to phytate. But to our knowledge, there is no data about the effect of phytate and phytase on animal calcium sources fed to pigs. Due to the relatively low calcium concentration in plant sources, calcium needs to be supplemented in the diets. We can supplement this calcium by using inorganic calcium sources or animal calcium sources. However, to our knowledge, the effect of phytate and phytase on animal calcium sources has not been reported. Therefore, we decide to conduct an experiment to evaluate the effect of phytate and phytase on the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium in fish meal. The objective of this experiment was to test the hypothesis that inclusion of microbial phytase increases the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium in fish meal in diets containing phytate. We used for this experiment 40 growing pigs with initial body weight of 19.2 kilograms, and we allowed them into a randomized complete block design with five treatments. Fecal samples were collected using the marker-to-marker -marker approach. In this experiment, we used fish meal that contained 5.7% calcium and we include casein as the protein source because only contains 0.03% calcium and does not contain phytate. We use corn and corn germ as our phytate sources, and corn only contains 0.01% calcium, and corn germ contains 0.08% calcium. These are the diets that we use for this experiment. We had two fish meal cornstarch diets, one without phytase and the other with 500 phytase units. These diets contain fish meal, casein, and cornstarch. The other two diets contain fish meal, corn, and corn germ without and with phytase. 
For these diets, we include fish meal, casing, corn, and corn germ. A calcium-free diet was formulated to estimate the endogenous losses of calcium. We calculate the STTD of calcium and the ATTD of phosphorus, and we analyze the data using PROC mix of SAS as a 2 by 2 factorial with two levels of phytate and two levels of phytase, and we use orthogonal contrast statements to compare diets as well. Now let's move into the results. First, let's take a moment to set up the slide. The orange bar represents the diet with no phytase, and the blue bar represents the diets with phytase. On the x-axis, we have the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium and the apparent total tract digestibility of phosphorus. And underneath, we have the p-value for the effect of phytase. The y-axis is expressed in percentage. So here we have the fish meal cornstarch diets, and we can see that inclusion of phytase did not affect the STTD of calcium and the ATTD of phosphorus. And this is in agreement with what we expected because there was no phytate in the diet. Now looking the fish meal corn corn germ diet, we can see that if we add phytase in the diet, the digestibility of calcium and digestibility of phosphorus increased. This is also in agreement with what we expected because phytase hydrolyzed phytate that was present in corn and corn germ. Therefore, it reduced the chance of forming calcium phytate complexes. In this slide, we show the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium in the four diets again, because as you can see, when we compare the two groups of diets, the diets that contain fish meal, corn, corn germ, had greater standardized total tract digestibility of calcium than the fish meal cornstarch diets. We know that corn and corn germ have phytate, but it's not possible that phytate is the responsible factor for this increase. Therefore, there may be other factors such as fiber or fat that may influence the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium in this diet. Therefore, we decide to conduct another experiment to determine the effect of fiber and fat on the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium. We know that fiber increases the rate of passage, therefore the nutrients have less time to be digested by the enzymes and be absorbed in the gastrointestinal tract. But also fiber can change the pH in the intestines, therefore it enhances the solubility of some minerals, resulting in an increased digestibility. We know that fat decreases the rate of passage, Therefore, the nutrients have more time to be digested by the enzymes and be absorbed in the gastrointestinal tract. But also we know that fat may form some calcium fat complexes, reducing the availability of calcium to be absorbed. The objective of this experiment was to test the hypothesis that fiber or fat may influence the STTD of calcium. These are the diets that we use for this experiment. 
We had a fish meal cornstarch diet. This diet contained fish meal, casein, and cornstarch. It was similar to the fish meal cornstarch diet that we used in the first experiment. The fish meal with fiber diet was similar to the previous diet, with the exception that sulcaflock, a source of cellulose, was included at the expense of cornstarch. The fish meal with corn diet contained the same amount of fish meal and casein, but cornstarch was replaced by corn. The fish meal corn and fat diet was similar to the previous diet, with the exception that soybean oil was included at the expense of corn. A calcium-free diet was formulated to estimate the endogenous losses of calcium. For this experiment, we used 50 growing pigs with initial body weight of 19.4 kilograms housed individually in metabolism cages. The STTD of calcium and the ATTD of phosphorus were calculated and the data were analyzed using the PROC mix of SAS and orthogonal contrast statements were used to compare the diets. So let's move into the results. Here the blue bar represents the fish meal cornstarch diet and the yellow bar represents the fish meal corn diet. Here we compare the cornstarch diet and the corn diet. And as you can see, the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium and the apparent total tract digestibility of phosphorus is reduced if a cornstarch diet is used compared with the corn diet. One possible explanation for this observation is that soluble fiber from corn gets fermented and the production of short-chain fatty acids lowers the pH, enhancing the solubility of the minerals, which increase the digestibility of calcium and phosphorus. Here the blue bar represents the fish meal cornstarch diet and the green bar represents the fish meal cornstarch with fiber diet. Here we observe that the fish meal cornstarch diet reduced the STTD of calcium and the ATTD of phosphorus compared with the fish meal cornstarch with fiber diet. Remember that the source of fiber here is pure cellulose, which is not fermentable. Therefore, here there is no production of short-chain fatty acids, which may indicate that maybe there is another factor that may be responsible for the effect on the STTD of calcium and the ATTD of phosphorus. Another possible explanation is that in the fish meal cornstarch diet, precipitation of minerals occurs. Therefore, addition of fiber may avoid some precipitation, which results in an increased digestibility of calcium and phosphorus. Here the yellow bar represents the fish meal corn diet and the orange bar represents the fish meal corn with fat diet. Here we observe no difference in the standardized total tract digestibility of calcium and the apparent total tract digestibility of phosphorus between the fish meal corn diet and the fish meal corn with fat diet. Therefore, fat did not have any effect on the STTD of calcium and the ATTD of phosphorus. Here we show the STTD of calcium in the four diets again. So as you can see, the fish meal cornstarch diet had the least STTD of calcium. Fiber increased the STTD of calcium, 
but not as much as the fish meal corn diet, which is almost double than the fish meal corn starch. Therefore, there are some factors such as production of short-chain fatty acids or avoiding precipitation of the minerals or other factors that we are not aware that are responsible for these differences. In conclusion, phytase increase the STTD of calcium and the ACTD of phosphorus in diets containing phytate. Semi-synthetic diets or cornstarch diets reduce the STTD of calcium and the ATTD of phosphorus in fish meal. Fiber increases the STTD of calcium. This may be by production of churching fatty acids or avoiding precipitation of minerals. Fat did not affect the STTD of calcium. Results from these two experiments indicate that values for STTD of calcium from corn diets may be more representative of commercial diets. With this, I want to thank you for your attention. And if you want to see more information about monogastric nutrition, you can visit our website and like us on Facebook.